All right. We got here Marcus and Hunter from Brotherdale. Boys, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you, Antonio. Thank you, Landon. This is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having yes. time. We really appreciate it. It's awesome. Of course. Yeah. I've been following you guys from a distance ever since my good friend and roommate in Miami, actually, Brendan Femiano has, he was affiliated with you guys. He was doing some other stuff. And then I think you guys brought him on board full time. What an awesome addition to the team. You guys got a killer over there. Dude, he's awesome. Yeah, we snagged him from a, a financial firm he was at, and he's rolling over here. Yeah, we actually met just randomly at our apartment complex, same same place, and he was driving by in one of his friend's cars, and I was like, I'm a car guy, so I stopped him, like, hey, dude, like, it's a nice car. Then we just hit it off, and now we're here, which is crazy. That's amazing, dude. So, so yeah. tell us a little bit more about your guys' personal stories. Bring us back a little bit to or before Brotherdale was a thing and then tell us a little bit more about the inception of the company, what it's what it is, where it's at. We want to hear it all. Okay. Well, Marcus is a little older, older so I'm going to let him start. He's got a little, a little bit more start. history on it. <laughs> all right. So basically, was, let's fast forward like, or rewind all the way back to 2017. I ended up dropping out of college, playing college soccer. And I moved back to my home, well, hometown where we moved to from Chicago in Southern Illinois. And that's where he lived as well. We didn't know each other at this point at all, but we started doing freelance close to around the same time, just video work. At this time, I was working with my dad's construction company a little bit and then doing video work on the side. So basically, we started doing that in that same area so that the towns are all pretty small. So once you really get to start doing stuff, your name gets out there and people connect on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So we were doing just projects together. We ended up meeting, I think, in 2018 at some point. And we were doing little projects every once in a while together and then end up doing a lot, of, lot more things with an agency we were kind of contracting out with on different projects. And long story short, we ended up started, we, we had the opportunity to go to Super Bowl in Tampa and that was 2021. And we had one of our friends as PR for a lot of big names and he said basically, hey, you guys can go out there. You have to pay your way out there, but I'll put you in the room and you guys can just, you know, network and, and make videos and, and that kind of stuff with the people that are there. And so this is before Brother Dale, before we even, we didn't have the name, nothing like that. We just were friends and we worked together a little bit on different projects and we went out there and we ended up making the video for a company that's now one of our, one of our best clients. And then another company that's Rain Energy and they're, they're huge, obviously Monster Energy ended up meeting them out there on just, just us basically putting out the work, talking to people. And we made a video. It, the company that was out there doing the whole event ended up posting it. Rain loved it. They asked us to get, change the logo and give it to them as well. And we did. And from that moment, like we were like, hey, this could actually be a, a, a good play. Like, we could actually do a company and, and make it work. Because we worked with so many of these other like smaller companies in these little towns that we just didn't like the way they put stuff together. And so we ended up from that moment, that was 2021, February. We were like, let's, let's just do this thing. So from there, we, we just started networking, getting more clients and kind of just scaling the company. We hired our first full-time guy in October of that same year. And we just, we had to have somebody. And Perry, our guy, he's sleeping right now, actually, but he's a killer and brought him on. And then from there, we just started scaling and getting more people and bringing on more people. That's kind of the, the shorter version of it, but you can probably tell us things I've missed. I mean that was pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. What so what did your what did your growth look like during COVID? Did you guys have any issues growing? Did you have any issues? Yeah, you want to go into this a little bit? Cause yeah, that's a great question. You know, during COVID, everything, you know, as everyone knows, moved online, more people ordered stuff, more right. people are on their phones, more people 
blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we were like, what's going to happen here? Obviously the events, you know, that stuff went down, but people had to move online with events. So everything turned into video production, really, like even beyond what it was before, it kind of exploded. So for us, we were kind of positioned correctly without even knowing it of like all these brands got to move more online. They don't have their storefronts open. They got to sell more products. They need better digital marketing. And so we just took that as an advantage and just, you know, started doing more and more content for different brands, businesses, and companies that helped them strategize. There's money in strategizing in different turbulent times. And that's kind of what we did during during that. Yeah. And, th- and at that point, so we didn't have our company together yet, but we were working together quite a bit during 2020. And it was pretty interesting because we already laid the foundation of getting our names out in that community. So everybody knew who we were, that we were doing video production and social media stuff, all that kind of stuff in the area. So when it came to that that moment where people were freaking out, all that stuff was happening, we we were at the beginning we were like, oh man, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, you just don't know. But then we saw like like he said, like everything was started going towards everybody's like, okay, we gotta get on on social media. We have to do more video production. We have to do all this stuff because we can't go out and physically have people in and, and all that kind of stuff. So we already were a little bit ahead of the curve and then we just positioned ourselves in that spot in a little niche. So during COVID, I mean, that was my best year as a freelance. I think I did a few hundred thousand dollars just myself and in a small town. Like I'm talking like the town we were living in is maybe 5,000 people. And then Carbondale is like 27,000. Then Marion was like 50,000. So it was a small area mm-hmm. compared now to Nashville, which is huge, you know, comparatively right. to, to smaller towns. So, but before that, like it just, it kind of leveraged our, just lever- leveraged our names to, to help with that, those problems, which is turned out awesome but i know a lot of there's a lot of hardship with a lot of other companies in the in the in the space but not not for us which is it was a blessing for sure that's amazing man and so now you guys are in a full-blown partnership you got this company brother dale land and i were partners in multiple companies as well and as you guys probably can relate partnerships aren't the easiest all the time right so how early on were you guys able to understand where your skill sets lie and tie that into figuring out who does what inside of the company? Because I'm assuming you guys both came from the freelancing world, being good at the same thing. How were you able to divvy up what the workload looked like? How do you guys play off each other as partners? That's a great question. And I think I've listened to many other people talk about it. And you know, every single one varies. And we know people in businesses and they're like, that guy doesn't even come in the office, but he's over all the financial stuff, all the accounting, blah, blah, blah. And so for us, like starting out, it was more of just there was so much like out there to be taken as far as like in in our field to go out there and get work. So we literally just put our heads down and just started working and everything kind of fell into place. And then as we've grown, we've kind of seen both of us as like, what areas do we like to do, what we don't like to do? And if it's like an area that we know we can hire for that we really don't like, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, But now it's more strategic on, okay, this is where... Like, for example, Marcus is a little bit more over production side of things, like the editing side of like making sure everything's crisp and clean as the product that we deliver, right? We're, we're a service, but there's also like we have a final end thing that comes out and he's a little more over that process of getting the creative briefs done, getting the models secured, getting the list. And I still help in. We all have meetings within our team. But as far as like my side, I like more of, you know, more of the sales, the marketing. I do all of the accounting type of stuff, payroll, et cetera. And it just kind of fell into place of what I like most. I'll reach out to more people that we need like mentorship for coaching and trying to set all that up. 
it is run like day-to-day operations and everything. But yeah, it can be challenging at times. Lucky for us, we've just literally hit the ground running and and haven't looked back since. And we've had an LLC now for two years together and it's been fantastic. Yeah, it was it was definitely like a natural evolution for sure. Like you said, we kind of but I think the the reason why it's been such a not easy transition into partnership, but more smooth is because we do, we put the business first and we try to cut out all the distractions like the drama or or people's feelings. It just really is is based on like, hey, are we getting results? What's the best thing? And that's what we try to stick to. Because once you get into the weeds of like like just different drama, it it does separate the relationship. And now it's kind of both. Now you're worried about the business and you're always you're worried about their feelings and all this stuff. And then it gets crazy. So we try to stick just to Hey, we're we're we have one mission, and that's to grow a big company and to bring on people, to bring on the best people, and we're with awesome clients. And if we just stick to that mission, which we have, it's been it's been awesome. So, so as you guys have grown your client base and grown revenue, how have you been able to kind of manage that and then also scale internally inside your team? What is that growth that you've had in your from a client base standpoint? How has that impacted your scaling inside as a business? Yeah, in in our field, the reason that's a great question because in our field we can't just like you can't like outsource. You got to have stuff in house because we have creators going right. and do things, and it's more of like we're we're providing high end product, high end creative stuff, and we have to understand what it's going to do. And so when you get more clients and you have a certain amount of lo- workload, you have to have talented people that are in those positions. And Marcus touched on a little bit. We had our first hire a couple months in, maybe six months in, whatever of our official LLC. Perry, he's a phenomenal guy. And then next thing you know, you know, we start to grow from that point. And it's like, okay, who's next on the list? Yes, is growing a company. You have trial and errors with some people and you have to go through those times and you start with your own network. We have Colton, who's on our team that I've known for the longest. He's great at photography. He's our lead photographer. He also does a little bit of digital marketing and like social media management. And then eventually we got another guy on. Daniel Lopez, he's a phenomenal videographer, overproduction. He's great with clients and models. And then my wife, right now, she's doing a lot of the social media management, managing close to about 10 social media accounts just herself. We actually, one of the things early on we figured out is we spent too much time figuring out what we were going to do for lunch every day. So she literally either has lunch delivered or she cooks amazing lunches and brings them to us. We don't even have to think. We just kind of like eat and keep working. So it works out. She does many other things. And then now... You know, as you're a company and you got to generate more revenue, you got to go keep getting more revenue, but you have to have your team taking care of those clients. And you guys actually talked about it on a podcast with Michelle is that as you guys grow, you, you had to be careful how many people were either in the group or the business you were talking about because you have to take care of those people once you sell to those people, right? And so we hired a full time sales guy, which is Femi, and you guys made that connection already, and he's fantastic. And then shout out Nazareth and Kino. They're some virtual work that we do, but it's for our in house, it's not for clients. Um, virtual assistant and then an editor who cuts up short form content for our own brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, and as your the question was like scaling it, like what steps it's, it's tough in this industry. It's a, it's a process because you have to balance the clients you have and the cash flow that they're, they're providing you. Right. But you also you have to be able to deliver those products and all those things take, you know, skill first of all, right, find the right people to do it. And then people that can actually, you know, represent our brand and our brand is very clean put together we we respond quickly all that kind of stuff so it's it's tough so it's like a it's a multi-step like issue because bringing on somebody you have to be able to pay them competitively in this industry because you can like you know you can go freelance and make good money if you want to deal with all of the other problems right but if you're if you can see the vision 
and then want to go on our team and, and actually you, you'll make good money, but you're, it's a long-term play. So you got to find the, it's the right people, a balance of that, find the right clients that want to pay that ticket that they'll get a good product because you have to pay in order to get an actually good product because it takes time and takes planning and all that stuff. So that's, but at, at like, it just takes time to scale this. And that's why we've been doing that. And it's not a, if you can understand it's not a fast process, it's just a, it's a long play. It's a three, five, 10 year play. Then it, it gets a lot easier. Yeah, we, we say it all the time with our business owner clients. You got two types of dollars inside of your business. You got your revenue generating dollars. That's the, mm-hmm. the sales team, the client acquisition side of things, the, the consistent revenue growth. But then you have your revenue supporting dollars, which I see a lot of people that don't reinvest into that side of the business. That's the infrastructure that actually keeps the clients, that actually delivers yeah. the service. That's the back end of it. And from what you guys have been saying, you know, two young guys, the, the biggest downfall we see in the market today in your space, in my opinion, is lack of fulfillment long-term. And you guys are so committed to that fulfillment at the highest levels, which is why you're able to work with the highest levels of brands. So I commend you. And also awesome that you guys listened to our podcast before you guys did your research. That's professional. I appreciate you doing that. So walk me through the experience as a client of Brotherdale. So from onboarding, from acquisition to onboarding to fulfillment, what am I going through as a client of Brotherdale? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So every client gets a different experience, the same great experience, but every client needs something different. So for let's just take a rain energy, for example, because they're one of our, our main like and people famous mostly clients, right? know them, right? People yeah. know them. So for them, what we do for them is a certain statement of work every single month where we're helping them create social media content. So bringing them on was a little bit different. This was like a year, pretty much a year trial to get them as a client. So it was, it, was, once, it was massaging that network and that yes. connection for a year before we actually got a contract and was able to move forward yep. with them for next. So, but once, once they decided, Hey, we want to move forward with you guys. We want to, we want to do a, a contract, a year contract and work with you guys for that, for that full year. This is the first contract we had. We basically brought them on. And so how it kind of works is we, we say, all we need is the ideas that you, that you want for, for them. Cause they, all they want is social media content, just a post. So he, they give us a brief pretty much every single month on the, the types of content, the brand feel, all that kind of stuff. And then we go out and we do everything from the, pr- the pre-production planning, getting the models, location, the post-production, the editing, and then delivering it to the client. So basically all of our clients get onboarded where they, they don't have to do a lot besides literally give us the, show us the company. We learn how, they, how their company actually works, how, what's generating them sales. And then we... They give us the ideas and what their vision is, and then we create the whole thing. And through that whole process, there's a lot of communication with the client because we figured out as being freelancers that the biggest problem with freelancers is the communication issues. Just, it's not there normally because you're working with, a, with an artist, a creative, and they're notoriously known for not being good communicators. They're good at making art, not good at business and communication because when you deal with these bigger clients, they basically... Their world is communication, emails, m- meetings, that stuff. And they communicate that to you. If you can stay in that world, but then also give them a great creative product, that's what makes you different from them bringing a, a freelancer that's really talented. So that's kind of what our clients get. Like they're, Every client's different, so it's very hard to like say exactly the, the onboarding process. But normally, we, we bring them on. We show them how we work. They get their own dashboard where they can put in ideas. If you're, they're a client that's working with us monthly, they can say, hey, we have these things coming up. Some of our clients are, are bars and restaurants or hotels. And 
they have different specials that happen every single month. So We're it's, those yes, it's constant communication with their, with whoever their point of contact is, if it's managers of their different locations, whatever it is, our team pretty much like will go out, talk to the managers, figure out what the new specials are, bring it back in, make all the creative for it. So it's just like a full service, like creative agency that's going out and actually talking with these companies and figuring out what's working and what's not working. And then, that's kind of how it works. That's but awesome. every client also gets a, a, a custom package. So it's not it's a, a cookie, cookie, cookie cutter like approach to everything. It's very like it's custom to what they need as a company to provide them ROI. And that's, that's what we've stuck to. So from a delivery standpoint, you guys are knocking out of the park. You've, you've got some big clients. What's the vision for growth? Like what, what's your capacity to take on? What's the client acquisition process look like? What's your vision as far as clients you say yes to versus clients you say no to? now as you've continued to grow. Yeah. And that's a struggle because obviously when you're going to a company, you're seeing those dollar amounts come in, right? Sure. And you're like, oh, like that could cover someone's pay or that could cover this expense. When really you shouldn't look at it like that. You need to look at, you, you need to know your, what profits left over after everything it is one, because a lot of people, and I think you guys talked about this too, is like, you could, you could say you make $5 million a year, right? Just throwing out a number. But literally, if your profit margin is 5% or nothing, you don't have much left over to be working with. So a lot of people get hungry for, for clients that might be throwing a low ball, like, hey, if you help us out, right? But when you grow a company, I have payroll, right? I have guys I got to pay. So I got to look at, is this job worth it? Does our team want to align with this? And luckily, we've been able to work with some awesome brands and people in the military space and the fitness industry and the outdoor industry, hunting, you know, things like that, th stuff we enjoy. Right. And now when you, when you go on the client acquisition process and we're looking at clients, okay, how do we decide if this is going to be a fit? Is we trying to not go for so much of, is it a, is it going to make the company money? Is it going to work for the client? That's when I feel like a lot of the times we end up either working with someone or we don't because we don't have a cookie cutter package that we're pitching out there to the market. And if people want to buy it, they, they pay us and we do it, right? It's more of, hey, we're sitting down with your team. For example, Femi and I, yesterday, we went to some businesses we had meetings scheduled for, and then we went into some others. And we sat down with one of the people. And basically, one of their issues was is like, hey, lunches, or what they thought one of their issues was where they can make more money was they thought they're to get more people in for lunches, right? To buy food and drinks and everything. But then I learned that they make a lot of money off of events and their profit margins are great. And I was like, what if we just got you guys more events and everything? Because you're telling me like these are money makers and you're closing them at an amazing rate. And so they were like, oh, like, honestly, we didn't think about that. And I'm like, you don't have a good landing page. Your website needs work. You need, you don't even do, you, they pay $0 for marketing and they're still landing events every single month. I'm like, what if we scaled that for you and you guys, like we can figure out the lunches later, but your company immediately is making money because people book events, they pay. So you're automatically making cash. So we're sitting down with businesses and that's how we find a fit with them, you know? So it, it's a lot of fun. It can be challenging. But then again, like we, we do have companies that we want to work with and we try to actively get those just because we think it'd be cool to do that type of content. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to balance like, hey, companies got to make money and like we want to also help businesses. And it also depends on the people too. Like some people, it just does not vibe. We do a project and it's like, hey, like good luck and best, best of luck and have a blessed life. Yeah, no, I, I love I love what you said there because it's the ability to be creative inside of these meetings where you didn't just stick to the one pocket. It's like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. you might be able to give them an, a nice ROI just by creating creating some cool things for them, running ads for them, but you saw a need and 
that got their brain spinning. It's an easy thing because they're now seeing a way to create an immediate ROI inside of a pocket of business that they didn't even think was possible, that they weren't yeah. even nurturing. And let me, um, let me chime in here real quick if yeah, you don't please. mind on, and expand on that. So just a little bit of advice, and this is something that I, maybe we were both bad at the beginning, but we got to now. I could have went in there and said, hey, we'll do your social medias. Say for it's three grand a month, we'll manage it. We'll and then it's an extra X amount for content, right? We land them for, I don't know, whatever it is. Let's just say $5,000 a month, whatever. Or maybe lower because they didn't want to pay a lot. You're, I, my company's going to make money. Right, we may have a three-month contract. At the at the end of that three months, we may or might may not solve the problem. And this is a lot of what these marketing or creative agencies do. They're not really getting to the root of the problem. They're not making the money. We lost that client. Okay. All right. What if I sat down with them and I had a creative meeting? I figured out how to make them a lot more money and we grow together, like a growth partnership. We're not like equity or anything, but like I just turned in, I just turned what a fifteen thousand dollars in three months into maybe getting commission getting these deals. We could company could be you know, Brother Dale could be making six figures from helping them over the next year instead. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying to do is actually provide value. Literally, the first thing we have on our pitch deck is ROI. We want to provide an ROI to your business or there's no need for you to spend money with us. And it could look different ways for each company, but that's what we try to drive home. And Marcus touched on that a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, but, you nailed it. That's what it is. Exactly. As, as Alex Ramosi said, it's an offer so good that people would feel stupid to say no to. It's like, yo, you're yeah. going to make me money and I barely, I don't have to pay you if you don't make me money. And I know that there's, it's, it's, there's a little bit more nuance to that contract, but that's yes, awesome. Yeah. And to your point, that's where I, I love where you guys envision because you're staying in this high end luxury style thing that keep high margins so that you can pay people really well, but also mm -hmm. that brings high profitability over time. It creates a lot more valuation for the company. It's crazy that Landon and I see it all the time because we work exclusively with entrepreneurs. What a contractor has to do, like a construction guy, he has to make $40 million to make the same amount of money as someone who runs a consulting firm and doing $2 million of top line revenue. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Wild. It, is it, re it really right. is. And, and so that's where I think in business in general, you have to really figure out like what you want to do in terms of like starting with the end in mind of like, okay, do I want to create this as a lifestyle thing? Do I want to just run a massive corporation that has a bunch of employees? Sometimes that causes more headaches. Sometimes bigger isn't always as better. So mm -hmm. where do you guys lie on that spectrum? Like where do you want to see Brotherdale in terms of growth, not just revenue wise, but employee wise? Like do you guys want warehouses? Tell me a little bit more about what the vision is. Yeah, I mean that's that's the vision is we want to build the best creative agency in the world. That's 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 our vision. So we it'll, whatever it takes to do that, we want that's what we want to do. We're looking at the next step from this space right here is to go to a, a bigger warehouse, probably around five thousand square feet, where we can start building out sets and and doing a lot more custom stuff inside of our studio. Um, that's the next step. But really, we want to scale a company to where we want to. The issue, and like you said a second ago, is if you want to run a big corporation with a bunch of employees and all that stuff, it can be a headache. And then you lose some of that personal touch with these clients and, and the actual like sitting down and learning their business and all that stuff. So we want to build a big company, but not sacrifice those things. So it, we're not sure how big we want to, like how many employees and number and all that kind of stuff. But I know I want it to be as big as possible to, to but retain that certain like personal touch and and keeping us different from the major marketing companies that are out there right now that just take people's money and not really give a good ROI for the client. So, but our goals aren't, aren't capped. So we really do want to grow a, a massive company. And then, and the next thing after our, our next space in the next two or three years, we will build a, a good, a big studio dream factory, basically. Nice. That, that's Very sick. 
So outside of business, as you continue to grow and things are, I'm sure the business has taken a lot of your time now, as you continue to scale and grow, how does, how does personal life play into all this? You know, how do you kind of create some separation maybe, or maybe some integration? It sounds like as well. Like what is the, how does that personal life play a role in your, in your business life? Yeah. So we're, we're both, he's been married to his wife for how many months? About now? six months now, but we've been together for a long, a long time. Yeah. And then I've been, my wife and I will have mm-hmm. our year anniversary in July 30. So not only are we in relationships and have our personal life, we're married and on that journey as well, which is a, a blessing. And so people asked us this before, and I literally go back in my mind to the video that Alex Ramosi, and you already mentioned him on this podcast, he posted a video and I've seen it a long time ago, but you know how his team cuts up short. So that's another thing we help companies with. But either way, he was talking about how I just like to work and I want to do big shit. Like that's what I want to do. So I want to do that. You don't want to do that. And we both have our own things. Mm -hmm. And so we don't really find it as so much like, the balance is just a cohesive harmony of like, Hey, here's when I'm working. Here's what I got to get done. And then here this weekend, like I'm going somewhere and I'm enjoying it in its fullest. Right. Like, I think that's what I experienced on my honeymoon. The most was like, I worked like we worked a ton up to that. We had so many projects and I went on my honeymoon, just had an absolute blast, didn't do anything. And then as soon as I got back, it's like time to turn that back on. And so it's like how much you push the button not so much trying to keep it even all the time, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I'm going to go 99% this week on my business. I don't have a lot of free time, but maybe next week or over the weekend, I can kind of take off and have, you know, more time for this or whatever. Yeah, there's not, there's not like a lot of, it's definitely integration with your personal life. Cause like for me, balance is, I don't believe in it. I really don't. Like, I, I think you have to, if you really want to achieve something big, like something really big, like I'm, when the bigger sacrifice, than, yeah, bigger than the normal thing. I really want to have like a, a, a great empire. You have to sacrifice a lot of things, but when you're young, like you have so much energy that you have to capitalize on this time right now. You have to. So, you know, who are in like our wives understand that they know what they signed up for. <laughs> so we, we do have to cut out, you know, times to, to have personal time with them, obviously, and, and shut things off for, for a little period. But like when it comes down to it, like we, we, as of right now, we work, you know, six to seven days a week. We have to. Because we 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 have people to support, we have a mission in mind, and they understand that. But when we're 35, 45 years old, it's gonna be it's gonna be worth all the time that you put into yeah. it. You know also, I mean? we both married women who have big dreams and aspirations yeah. and have a very expensive taste. So they know like this is part of like achieving that. Like we want the big house, yeah. we want the kitchen, be able to have people over yeah. and all that stuff and travel the world. And so and it's you know it's competition. This business is a sport. It, it really is. So like I know. I know there are guys that are in the city that in Nashville that want to do what we're doing or, or are attempting to do what we're doing, but it's you, it, it's you'll have a cold day in hell to work harder than me right now. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. if you want to c- compete, you have to compete hard. And there are people that are 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 you know ahead of us that started a long time ago that have these massive marketing agencies that might get comfortable. And if they get comfortable, we're able to take over. Yeah, we're coming for you. Yeah. So. It's just, it's how hard do you want to compete? It's just like sports. That's what it is. I love it. We couldn't be more in alignment on that aspect. And that's why partnerships are so great, man. Because like, let's say one of you guys is out for a week and you want to go yeah. on vacation. The other one's picking up the slack and there's nothing wrong with that because it's all exactly. about mission first, right? There's no ego involved over time. Yeah. For his honeymoon, he went to Hawaii and had a great time and didn't have to worry about stuff. And we had a team here we were working and that's what, how it goes, you know? And so that's, that's the beautiful thing about a partnership and a, and a team growing that company. 
I love it. I love it. So now I'm a week go on for, for hours, but we want to keep know, the, awesome. the, the 25 I, yeah. to 30 minute. This is called the consistency wins podcast. As you guys know. So consistency is the main theme. I mean, like it, it is everything in our lives. I know it, it shows up in your lives. I have it written on my forum and a tattoo. So like it, it is grow. everything for us. What does it mean to you guys? How big is consistency to you guys? And you know, what's your definition of it? Yeah, man, that's, I mean, consistency is, is the key to everything. And uh, you got to be consistent with the right things. You have to have the right game plan. So that's important. But if you're not consistent, you will not, you won't get anywhere in, with, with anything in life, pretty much. Like if you want to stay, if you want to get fit, it takes consistency. The first day you go to the gym, you're not going to see anything. First two months, you're not going to see anything after that because you have momentum. So consistency, I think, builds momentum and momentum builds motivation, confidence, all of that stuff. And then you get the desired outcome at the at the end of the day. But like, it starts with consistency. And that's what I think this podcast has a great name because consistency does go into everything and like champions win. And what do they do? They do, they consistently do the same thing over and over and over again to become better. Right. And I think what we do is we literally, and our team is we literally show them like, Hey, this is what we've done to start this. And this is what you guys have done. Like we wouldn't be here without you. You guys have shown up just as much as we have on a consistent basis to help this get this far in two years, look at the next two years, look at the next five years, like, Oh my gosh, consistent, just keep showing up. And a lot of people think a lot of people think, and this kind of goes with consistency is if you go 99% one day and then, or one week and then not the next, and you're just ebbing and flowing throughout your whole life. But if you consistently do a certain amount and you do that over and over again, you're going to get way further. So, and it's consistency yeah. with the, with the mundane things too. That's the thing I think that people might confuse with like, they'll see like the cool things we go on or like the trips or people we meet and that kind of stuff. They don't but, see the mundane things. But they don't see the, the experience. They don't see when we have to get up at, at three in the morning and drive six hours to go do a shoot. Like they don't, mm-hmm. they don't see having to drive up to Nashville for a year straight just to start a company and to move here, you know? They, they don't see those things or even just the normal day-to-day stuff where you have to charge the batteries, you have to make sure things are good, you have to take the calls. It's not the glamorous stuff. So, But if you can stay consistent with all of the things, that's the only, I mean, it, it's the only formula for success it really is, unless you hit the lottery. That's what it is. Yeah. The the trips, the vacations, the, all the cool stuff, it's just a byproduct of consistency. It's a byproduct. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Can I ask you guys, what have you guys done in the past, let's say six months consistently that has really helped you guys like expand in either personal or, or business? So crazy enough, I say the last four years, one of the coolest things that we that we looked on, we looked back on probably last year was we started this podcast four years ago and mm-hmm. we didn't know what we wanted it to be, to be honest. We were just like, hey, it's better to have a podcast than to not have a podcast. So let's fucking have a mm-hmm. podcast. At the time we were 23 years old. We we're like, dude, who the fuck wants to listen to two 23 year olds talk about success when we got fucking $500 in our bank accounts? <laughs> I love so, it. With that, we started to really leverage other guests that were successful because one, it's a lot easier to get somebody in a room that you want to connect with and learn from in a podcast setting than just trying to get their attention, right? So you're giving them value by going on the podcast. Two, we then, we started our business together. We were able to deliver our value proposition offline to these people over time, got rejected a ton, but over time, enough people put enough faith in us to where they said, hey, yeah, I'm going to introduce you to this guy. I'm going to introduce this guy. Got a lot of referrals, linked up with a couple of people that just started sending us a ton of people to connect with on this thing. Over time, created different partnerships with other influencers that started sending our business traffic and all that stuff. 
What we didn't realize, though, was that like we weren't even taking this podcast seriously, yet it was delivering all of the results for us. So about a year ago, we were like, hey, we've been doing this consistently, but blindly at the same time. Let's sharpen this thing up. Let's hire a team. Let's post it more. Let's take it a lot more seriously. And now it's evolved to every Friday. We have we don't work. I mean, we're working, but four to five podcasts of every Friday. It's just a podcast day. And over time, that is just crazy leveling up our network. It has just been something that has been so special to us. And we owe a lot of our growth to this podcast that we once didn't, we had no idea what it was going to be. And that, congratulations. But thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's, that's something that we've been consistent on. Appreciate it. It's just been something that we love doing. We love connecting. Like we wouldn't have been able to connect. Like what reason initially would I have like, Hey, family, just get me on the phone with these guys. What are we, what are we initially going to talk about? But hey, if, if I give you a stage and a microphone to continue to share your vision, we immediately have a lot more synergy and over time it's going to lead to us coming into Nashville. We're going to hang out. If you guys smoke yeah. cigars, I love fucking smoking cigars. We can yeah, let's go. let's go. We let's, have so, a client too that has cigars. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, perfect. Do have so, a you know, yeah. It just leads to things that you ultimately don't even know what's going to happen, but it's just, it's just positive momentum forward. But I digress, yeah. Lynn, if you've got something. No, I mean, the, it, to encapsulate it all is like standard over feelings, right? Like you're not always going to feel like doing certain things every single day or every single week. But our standard was always that we had a podcast. We wanted to connect with people. We didn't really even know the means, like, as you said, Tony, that the means to what some of our shows were going to result in, aside from us learning about someone in the world, doing something cool and unique. And then it just evolved. It's the unforeseen opportunities that come from, from, you know, people's worlds colliding. Well, you know, and so this has yeah. been an awesome channel for that stage and microphone, you know, and then, and just having a standard and, and having that standard take, take point over how you may feel a certain day or a certain mm-hmm. week. You know what I mean? So that's the biggest thing. One, one other thing I would add to that. And I appreciate you guys asking us that question is yeah, one thing that we've been consistent of in business, which is why we've continued to see the success that we've seen is consistently over delivering. And I know you guys can really relate to this as well. Consistently over delivering for our clients. Like the Mm -hmm. one thing I lose sleep over is if I'm not delivering for a client, that's, that's like the biggest thing. Cause over time, the short term money is not, is not worth the, the long term decline in brand equity. So that, that's the biggest thing for us. And so, and I know you guys take it very seriously. So over time, if you can, can be consistently delivering for your clients, even if we only have one, it's going to lead to massive, massive momentum down the road. And I don't care what industry you're in. Like I've, you know, I talk, I have a lot of people ask us, you know, ask about Antonio and I's business and how we've gotten to where we have. They're like, there's so much competition out there. There's so much this or so much that. It's like, yeah, maybe in general, there's a lot of people that dabble in this space and, and are call themselves, a, you know, a, a a professional in this space, but really when you look at their daily activities and what they're actually doing, there's not that many dogs out there. Like there's not that many people actually getting after it. The competition is really not as big as you think because most people don't show up. Most people really don't show up that way. A hundred percent. I mean, you you can hear people just talk because talk is very, very cheap. And that's a, that's an old saying, but that is the true, truest thing you ever think of. Like we didn't realize like how true that saying was until we started doing actual business and, and really getting to those next levels and you have people that will, that will talk about how they're doing this how they're doing that when it comes down to it when it comes down to actual stuff you're like all right you doing it you're not doing it it's not Dude. it's not real yeah, yeah. so well and, said and, that's go ahead sorry i was just saying lastly we call my dad chad the legend that it just stuck so we call my dad chad the legend and the one thing he's always told me is like no matter what you end up doing because i've I've dabbled in different ventures and it's taught me many different things. Not saying any of them succeeded. I made some money, gone to the next. 
is like customer service and just hard work. Cause like if, and that all plays into like over delivering because like it doesn't matter in, in this industry, like the customer service, it's huge because clients just want to know like when their video is going to be done and when they're going to be able to see it. It's almost just as important as the final product they get because we get so many times where like, if you don't update them, they're asking and wondering and all this stuff. So having that customer service on that end or like just always clarifying things in business because people are at the end of the day, people are spending money with you, whether it's a couple thousand or tens of thousands to some people, a couple thousand could be a lot of money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're spending a lot of money with you. You have to be very good at customer service and delivering on that. And it ties into, you know, being consistent with that every single time. Yeah. And to your point also, to your point over delivering, like that is, that's we've lost left money on the table. Yeah. That's been the biggest thing. And like, just doing things. The, the 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 best part about what we do is that we do the creative stuff and the marketing. But if you can help a company do do something that's not in your wheelhouse, like connecting them <laughs> with another company, and then they can do a partnership. Those things like that that like stands out to the people that are, that are the decision makers in that company, and you'll get more referrals, get more business. We've had some really crazy stories like Monster and and connecting them with people in Nashville and doing all these things. And behind the scenes, not even my job, not my job at all, but right. I could do it. And it's just extra things that give you yeah. those yeah. cultivating that ecosystem. You're yeah, cultivating that ecosystem. Just deliver yeah. the SOW, right? The statement of work. Yep. And just that's it. We don't really talk to you. Oh, like, how's it going? What are you guys up to? Oh, you're going to have this event in Nashville. Oh, we got people. Let us connect you. Mm-hmm. Boom. Put them yep. in email threads, help them out. Brother Dale's our guys. Like it just, that that's how it works. Dude, I, I say it all the time. The best form of marketing is an amazing customer experience over time. Mm-hmm. It lowers your cost of acquisition over time simply because people are so thrilled about the work you did for them. They're going to refer you business and word of mouth is not going anywhere. In my opinion, you could run ads all day and they're valuable, but word of mouth spreads like wildfire. And to your point, I think that's the one thing that Landon and I, and obviously evidently you guys did as well early on. All I manifested was to be a master connector. My, mm-hmm. When I first connect with people, my first thought isn't how can I sell this guy on my service or product or what's in it for me. It's who can I connect with? Who can I connect these people with? And the race to the first connection is on, in my opinion, as soon as mm-hmm. I meet someone. So like right after yeah. this, I'm going to put, I already know two people I'm going to put you in an email thread with in oh, Nashville. That's awesome. Thank so you. it's like my mind's always racing. And over time, if I connect you with somebody and you guys make magic, selfishly, I connected with you guys and over time, as my name gets said in a room, we get your authority, your, your approval of like, yo, that's a good dude. And over mm-hmm. time, that leads to massive relationships, money, and all those things. It's weird how it works, but it just does. A hundred percent. And like, normally after a meeting with a potential client, like I, I pull him aside and I, I say to him, like, hey, if you guys don't go with us, no worries. I'm not worried about it. Call me and like, like tell me what you're going to be doing so I can give you some advice on it. Because I actually care about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see them succeed. If they don't spend money with us, it doesn't really matter. One of the things I hate is just you know? clients don't respond after you like either give them prices or proposals or everything. It's like, just just tell me. Like, was it too yeah. high, too low? Do you guys look for someone else? Let's talk in the future. How can I help you out? Connect you with someone else, right? So yeah, that's a good. Point. That's it's really just it's business. It's, it's, yep. It's what it is. Yeah. It, it is. It always comes back. It always comes back. Yep. Boys, you guys have been amazing. I hate to, I, I, I know we, we don't. We didn't cut it short, but we could go for hours on this thing. Yeah, no, this we will go though, off. Yeah. How can we support? How can how can our listeners follow? What's the easiest way to connect with you guys? So, I mean, on socials, just try to search Brother Dale. Some of it's Brother Dale Creative. Our trademark's about to go through, so hopefully, we can take over some of the accounts that no one's used for five years for no reason. Website is brotherdale.com. 
And if you ever know a business service or whatever, send them to Brother Dale. We'll take care of you. And make sure you guys follow along with Consistency Wins. Download it, whatever you got to do. Take care of those guys. Share it. Um, we're going to be posting it on our, our channels and tagging them. So you'll see content there as well. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate Have a great you guys. Day. Awesome. Dude, thank you. See ya.